Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Talent Horizon, uh, where we delve into all things AI and staffing. I'm Helge, the tech-savvy one uh, who can't get enough of zeros and ones. And I'm Lee, your industry insider. We're thrilled today to have a very special guest with us, uh, Andreas Nordland, who's making waves at One Partner Group, a Swedish staffing company known for its tech-forward approach. Thank you, Lee. Today, we'll dive into the new AI functionality from LinkedIn and a study that was recently released by Adeco, revealing an AI skills gap and their plans how to change this together with Microsoft. So LinkedIn has upped its AI game significantly with a plethora of new AI tools geared towards learning, recruitment, marketing, and sales. So here's a closer look at what's new. Firstly, there's the Recruiter 2024. It's a new AI-assisted recruiting experience designed to help recruitment uh, professionals formulate better search strings to uncover stronger candidate lists. Essentially, it's about making the recruitment process more intuitive and effective. And then there's the AI-powered LinkedIn Learning Coach, which is a chatbot designed to provide advice and recommendations, particularly focusing on soft skills development, a crucial aspect in today's collaborative workspace. Marketing on LinkedIn is also getting a significant boost with a new product called Accelerate. This tool is aimed at simplifying campaign management on the platform, although it's, it's limited to the LinkedIn ecosystem. And furthermore, inside sales and B2B selling on LinkedIn are also embracing AI. A new search function will assist in identifying potential connections, making it easier to initiate conversations with leads, a crucial uh, aspect for sales personnel focused on B2B selling. And now just a brief message from our sponsor, which is Globus AI. Globus AI is revolutionizing temporary staffing solutions through AI, empowering agencies to boost efficiency, enhance performance, and scale their business. Discover the potential at globus.ai. Shifting gears, let's delve into a recent report by the ADECO Group on AI adoption in the workforce and an intriguing collaboration between ADECO and Microsoft aimed at bridging the skills gap. So the ADECO report reveals that 70% of workers globally are already utilizing generative AI at work with only a small fraction fearing job uh, obsolescence. Interestingly, despite the wide AI adoption, less than half of these workers receive training from their employers. And that's a crucial point, Helga. The, the report also highlighted uh, a strong interest among workers for AI training, indicating a positive outlook towards AI with many expecting it to save time and reduce repetitive tasks. On a related note, ADECO and Microsoft have now teamed up to launch a generative AI-powered career platform. So this initiative is designed to assess individual skills and provide customized career advice, micro-learning and upskilling opportunities aligning with the evolving labor market needs. And I think uh, Microsoft, again, in the news this week, their AI push has proved to have been a really good strategic move, not least the uh, the intelligence from The Economist this week talking about uh, the impact of AI on Microsoft's overall strategy, and the impact that it's had as a consequence on their, on their share price undeniably has been a positive one through their tie-in with AI. So looks like Microsoft are well on the way to try to win the, uh, the big beasts AI battle. Uh, but I think certainly if we look at their tie with Microsoft, with uh, with ADECO, uh, that's all about ensuring individuals can remain competitive and employable 
in what is undeniably, as we've said many a time, a, an era of rapid technological advancement. And it's been a quiet week, actually. We were monitoring everything that uh, occurs, uh, but not too much related to staffing and recruitment this week. So before we get into the nitty gritty, Andres, let's uh, set the stage a bit, if we may. Could you briefly tell us about your role at uh, One Partner Group and how you fell down the AI rabbit hole? <laughs> Certainly. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm head of IT and system owner at uh, One Partner Group. My line of business is keeping track of our infrastructure, integrations, and, and various tools uh, in our everyday work. And how I fell down the AI rabbit hole, I'm not quite sure. I, I've always been quite a fascinating of how to make things more efficient, work uh, smarter, and make simple stuff even more simple. I guess. So I'm just a curious guy. That's great to hear. I think we're all quite curious. Uh, let's pivot to tech adoption. For our, our listeners that may not know, the staffing industry has been undergoing, uh, you know, significant tech transformation in recent years. You know, you have everything from blockchain verifying credentials to virtual reality onboarding. And OPG, under your leadership, Andres, has been an early adopter of uh, a lot of different innovations. I know you uh, you were early on Adway. You've uh, implemented Globus AI. Could you share your secret strategy for embracing new tech without becoming a victim of tech fads? I think that our whole organization it kind of breeds um, some entrepreneurial spirit. Our founder is a, is a great entrepreneur, and, and you know we're we're allowed to um, to explore, to go go down paths that may look good uh, while while uh, first entering, but you know to fail also. It's it's uh, important to evaluate to, to see what you do good, what you did good, and, and see what you can do even better. So we tried out various many many types of different tools, uh, different type of of. Uh, things to uh, to implement or or to make us better make us more competitive make us more um, attractive as a employer that's one key to it but also you need to stay curious you need to uh, i don't know if it's a good thing to be lazy but but you know to cut down on administrating and, and focus on, on your core business uh, focus on in our line of business, our candidates, our clients, our partners, because that's where the true value lies. That's one factor. Always keep in mind to to be curious and allow it to fail. Sounds a bit like the developer mindset. You know, if you do things uh, more than twice, you find a way to automate it. How do you ensure that people try things and are allowed to fail? Because that's that's kind of a hard culture to establish. Yeah, it is. I certainly agree. I guess that. You don't have to do everything in a, on a large scale right at once, but uh, find uh, find those early adopters, those who are curious, those who who are very proud in what they do and want to do it well, and, and try to uh, increase that level of work they do, the level of output uh, that we get from them. Keep it small and and just uh, elaborate. So being so for new projects, you mean you find some early adopters or early ambassadors for those. But are these traits that you also hire for when you're looking for recruiters? Uh, yeah, nowadays we do. An important question also because we've um, had dialogues internally on how to set our team. I'm a, I'm a football guy myself, so uh, 
you know, you need a striker, you need a central midfielder and a goalkeeper all at once. But uh, how to how to set that team today is is I think uh, different from from uh, a few years ago because you need some some aggressive players and you need some more defensive players also to to keep it leveled out. I think that's a really smart advice right there. Put the team together in a good way. Absolutely, a, a real a nugget of wisdom. I would observe. And speaking of that wisdom, I'd read that or I understand that you'd recently completed an intensive course on AI and uh, and change management. And a study from McKinsey had noted that AI implementation can improve performance metrics by up to 20%. Has this training shifted your perspective on incorporating AI into staffing? I don't think it has shifted my perspective. More likely it has increased and uh, made me more hungry for further development and further increasing different types of AI in our work. Keep in mind the, the security aspect of it and you know uh, that everybody needs to know what they're doing and what input to put in and what output to expect. But yeah, uh, the change management, it's a good thing to always keep in mind and always be alert of. And uh, that's, uh, that's something that I, I recently explored even more. Uh, and uh, some part of that uh, little course, that not little course, that course was, uh, was uh, also um, implementing or how should I say, accepting and inviting AI to uh, to your processes and to your everyday work and not be afraid of it but to to uh, see it for what it is and, and accept it for what it is and and, uh, and uh, yeah you know be friends with it i think that's something we've talked about on this podcast before as well you know the only way to really understand it is to start using it and understanding what it is and that really helps uh, both in you know, uh, improving your own efficiency, but also understanding what use cases to move forward with. But could you please uh, elaborate a bit on what kind of course this was and, and maybe some vague takeaways from it? It was a, a course by, uh, by a Swedish company called Dig Journey. Their main focus is, is the digital transformation of corporations and organizations. So it's a way, uh, a framework to uh, identify uh, different types of uh, motors uh, that uh, you need to be aware of in your organization to uh, set the right target for uh, where you're at right now, the digital majority right now, and where you want to be down the road. So identify your skill set and what motors you should focus on right now. Uh, You need to keep your vision and mission, uh, you know, uh, strategies on the right track. You need to keep your organization on the right track, your infrastructure, increase some parts of this so that you can um, benefit from the drives of the other motors. So kind of a, a coordination between uh, different types of, of the motors that drives your digital maturity forward uh, and uh, so that you can accelerate, yeah, be more competitive on your, on your market. So basically mapping out, you know, where you are today, where you need to be and what are the right things to drive forward to that desired end state? Pretty much. Yeah. So what's your Northern star? Right. Was this a course at a university or was it an online course? Kind of an online course. They used to have it uh, physical also, uh, but, uh, but nowadays it's, it's more uh, online. So is it something you'd, you'd recommend to, to others? Absolutely. I do. Both uh, private sector and public sector. So it, it was a combined 
Good. And on uh, on that note, could you share some uh, some examples where implementing AI has been, or you expect it to be? I don't know how much you've implemented yet, but maybe expect it to be a game changer for your operations. Yeah, we're we're kind of in the middle of it, uh, so we're trying it out. Uh, we're having our early adopters to to uh, act ambassadors for us. So obviously, ChatGPT is, is uh, something that we uh, we've adopted in some ways. The generative AI is is absolutely a, a game changer uh, for many industries, uh, in the, including ours, definitely, on how we interact, how we communicate. I don't know, summarize, transcribe, all that admin stuff that we do. So we got a lot of um, learning to do from from our guys at marketing. Yeah, right. So you mean the whole transformation that the marketing industry has been through? HR and staffing can kind of learn a lot from looking at that. I think so. Yeah, definitely. And Andreas, as you as you've looked to that implementation within OPG, what what have been some of the the challenges that you faced through that implementation, how perhaps have you over, have you tried to overcome them? There's always the, the security aspect of it. We handle a, a massive amount of personal data regarding the, the GDPR and the EU AI Act coming up and all that. We need to keep that in mind, but still, we don't, we I don't think that we should be uh, scared of it. We just need to keep control of our data and, and uh, what we do and what we put in. But I guess. The hurdle is, is to make it as natural as breathing, basically, because, you know, using AI in, in our line of business, I think that it's going to be just as natural as sending emails uh, or talking on the phone. It's going to be implemented whether we like it or not uh, in some ways. And, uh, and in other ways, we need to, you know, really dig into it and, and uh, see what we can get out of it. But it's already implemented in, in some ways to our everyday chores or whatever. In varying degrees, perhaps. But do you see, do you experience any degree of or sense of fear, perhaps too strong a word, but that hesitancy around adoption from your workforce in varying degrees? Is, is there a fear, I guess, that, you know, what, what does this mean? How does this impact me in my, in my job? How does it affect my role? That's a good question, Lee. I don't think fear is the right word. I don't, just think that you need to be conscious enough to 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 see what you're doing and what you're putting in on the table say let's say chat gpt they don't use all your stuff that you put in all the data to train their model or, or uh, to whatever but you need to be aware of some possibility but then on the other hand they they uh, launched the enterprise model where uh, you can set up your own rules of it so you can be more careful. And, and so was, I don't think fear and, and being scared of the technology is the right way to go, but you need to respect it, definitely. To your point, absolutely. I accept fear is the wrong choice of word, but I want that sort of reticence amongst those that, you know, if, hey, I'm performing, right? So I'm, I'm a high performer. I'm doing well in my job. I guess for some, it's like any transformation, that sense of perhaps it's, I don't know if it's uniquely UK adage, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of viewpoint amongst people who feel that kind of well I'm doing really well and all this change is happening around me what does that mean for me in my job I guess it's that reticence for some within the organization to embrace wholly or see the opportunities that that AI can present them all right sure uh, I, I can see that it's happened a lot of different stuff implementing integrating uh, different types of tools uh, in all types of businesses yeah at first it may 
see a bit frightening to uh, explore or what's the, this is going to do to my everyday uh, work and, and my my role. It has happened before. It's going to happen again. So why not embrace it, I guess? <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. Easier said than done. Easier said than done, though. Absolutely. You, you talked before about celebrating failures. Is there any... Uh failures or stories that you would uh, take to you know i don't know if you have this in sweden but we we have something called fuck up nights <laughs> you talk about it's a great concept major failures or <laughs> celebrate failure uh, anything uh you would bring to such an evening uh yeah i, I think i have a few anecdotes uh to to bring to the table for that evening but i think i think that's another discussion i guess <laughs> <laughs> nothing you want to share share here We've uh, landed uh, some some good stuff, uh, but I guess uh, we teamed up with, with one company uh, that was a startup uh, pretty early to, to see what we could do together in terms of analyzing uh, data and structuring data. And it worked pretty good in the beginning, but then, then uh, you know, you figure out which way you want to go and our, our paths didn't align. So... Uh, uh, they took another uh, turn and we took a right turn, I guess, in my perspective, at least. So uh, that's uh, that's one thing that that we've learned that don't don't have too high hopes in the beginning. Make sure that that it's that it aligns with with your strategies and where you want to go uh, and that it helps out your colleagues and, and your everyday business, I guess. Yeah, we talked to a lot of uh, staffing agencies that you know, that they've uh, gone through implementing an ATS system, which is very hard <laughs> often, like exchanging your ATS, moving over, like it's a huge implementation. And now you see all these myriads of AI tools popping up. And if you're kind of in the mindset that everything will be an ATS implementation, I think that's not good because uh, it needs to be more lightweight. You need to be able to test things out and, and yeah, fail sometimes, like you mentioned, you know, then you see that you need to go separate ways and that's it. We've talked a lot before about candidate experience, Lee, right? And there's quite a few candidates who has a bad experience, right? Yeah, I think it's... I don't remember the number. Do you have... Yeah, it's the, 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 the report that I'd read has suggested that 60% of job seekers have had a poor candidate experience. I, I might even argue that anecdotally that arguably could be higher. But I wonder as to, Andreas, from your perspective... Yeah, candidate experience is a hot topic. And I think if you look at, as I say, your own experience, I wonder as to how perhaps implementing AI has impacted what is undeniably a crucial aspect of OPG's operations. I guess that it, you can never get too much information because when you get information, you can you can choose to, um, you know, read it and evaluate, or you can also choose to just delete it. So keeping the candidate informed at all times, I think that's key. If AI or or, uh, or any other type of automations is uh, a way to do that, to improve that, sure, why not? Go ahead. But don't forget to be personal and get personalized in your communication also. So you can't, I, I don't believe that uh, you can auto-generate all your communications to a candidate and expect the candidate to get a great uh, journey. But I think that's some of it, definitely. Keep in mind that that it's people that we're working with. So my colleagues, they are most valuable in every way on uh, keeping uh, uh, the dialogue with the with all candidates. 
clients, partners. So what we want to do is to uh, keep AI, uh, technology, uh, and all that stuff to do the boring stuff. And our colleagues, we should do things that, that increases value and increases experience and increases interactions. You need to keep the, the scale leveled, I guess. But more information, for sure. Some critics argue that AI may remove the human touch from recruitment. But are there any areas where AI has actually made the candidate journey more personalized or smoother? It depends on how you use the AI. There's many t- the types of tools and many types of AI that you can implement and use. But uh, I'm, I'm 100% sure that in some ways it keeps the, the journey for the candidate and candidate experience even smoother. Absolutely. Maybe quicker because the candidates, they, they want a, a quick process today. Uh, and most uh, organizations also want a quick process. So uh, if you can can speed up it, uh, speed that up, and uh, and keep everybody informed that same way, sure, uh, that's a one way to go. I guess I agree. There are can probably uh, you can probably use it in in both ways, but I uh, also think uh, human touch will be necessary, and and recruiters will be necessary uh, to do that in the future as well. Even though AI will make it more efficient. Kind of moving on to uh, skill requirements for the recruiter. LinkedIn's future of recruiting report highlights that soft skills are increasingly important, yet AI is on the rise. How is uh, the technological wave altering the, the skill set that recruiters need today? Yeah, that's it. that's very interesting because uh, 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 I listened to a podcast uh, last week about AGI. Uh, you know, uh, when they get uh, get AGI to work out, how will that influ- influence and, and impact on uh, the, the soft values and how to how we look at that but still I think the recruiters uh, skill set will change uh, over time there is still a so important for just the, the soft values but also you need to figure out how you should operate your skill set in forms of making most of the technology uh, at hand also so how to optimize and make the most of the technology and what the technology can offer, but with the human touch, I think that's that's how you create true value. To evaluate skills and to evaluate human skills, that's that's something that a, that a human should do and not a computer, I guess. Still, the recruiter is is a key factor. How about from your technical perspective? Is there anything you would recommend recruiters to upskill themselves on to be in a better position? Uh, absolutely. I think that upskilling is uh, something that uh, we all need to do. Uh, just because you graduate university or college or whatever, you you can't uh, expect that your employer is going to be the one that's going to upskill you. I think that you're you're going to need to take that into your own hands and see what's down the road, what, what's in it for me, what do I want to do, uh, and how can I be uh, even better at at what I do, just as as I said before, uh, if you're a football player, uh, you're on the field. What what can I do better to create better value for my teammates and for my team, and to make our our uh, journey as as good and as profitable as, as possible? In my point of view, AI is com- becoming such a big part of our our everyday infrastructure, and and uh, I think that we're gonna need to take that seriously. Also in school, you know. Uh, learn more about how to to prompt and, and what to expect 
uh, what input can we use and what output do, can we expect uh, and also be be critical because an AI isn't always right. We need to uh, evaluate the, the result that we get from the AI also. And I guess uh, change is, uh, is the, only, the only thing that we know is, is constant uh, in all of this, right, Lee? Absolutely. And I'd, I'd also reflecting there on Andreas, your comments, I think the very best recruiters I've ever worked with have a natural curiosity Initially, that curiosity stems around and, and naturally will, will ask questions to seek understanding. But that curiosity, I suspect, will drive, I mean, you make some great pro tips, but that curiosity will drive a natural desire to understand how can I improve my performance? How can I improve my outcomes for my customers? How can I improve my outcomes for my candidates? So I think that, you know, those, those tips you mentioned around, I guess, kind of keep that curiosity as to how some of these tools can enhance the offer that you present to your 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 stakeholders, I think, is it's great great tips for for all those recruiters out there in the market looking at how I, AI is 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 evolving and and impacting our our uh, our industry. Can I just ask you, Andres? Uh, I just thought of this. Like, do you have any programs or things that you do with the recruiters to upskill them for the new technology that's coming? We have uh, something that we call Learning Wednesdays, where we take a subject. Uh, a colleague of mine, uh, she she runs it, takes a, a subject and uh, evaluates that uh, and elaborates it in, in a forum, an online forum internally. So uh, a few weeks ago, it was uh, AI actually. Uh, last week, it was how to make job posts more um, attractive uh, and how we how we write those to make it as sexy as possible for the candidate. And uh, so we got all types of different subjects for, for learning Wednesdays. And also we got different uh, days where we gather uh, different type of roles internally to uh, also uh, share experiences and share uh, best practices uh, and, you know, uh, take, take notes of, of what others do and what they do well and how, how can I implement that in my daily work. So, so sharing experience internally is is a key factor and, and something that we uh, that we strive to do as much as possible because we got great great competence at one partner group. What a recruiter should uh, have for a skill set, you know, a recruiter has always been, in my point of view at least, uh, curious of the different type of organizations that they recruit to. So the curiousness, that's that's already there, I guess. That's in that type of personality. So they still need to be curious on that type of organization so that they can find the, the perfect match, the perfect candidate and perfect match for that organization, the soft values and whatnot. So just evolving from that type of curiousness, why not be curious on on the technology that, that comes in hand also? Again, it's, it's, it's back to change, Good point. isn't it? And, and change being the only true constant, I think that's, that's always been fair. And I, I think if you look at that impact on change and how organizations embrace change and manage change, there are studies um, suggesting that almost 70% of organizational change efforts fail. And I think that's primarily due to employee resistance and, and a lack of buy-in, something we touched on. I'm very fortunate to, to uh, have... Uh great colleagues uh, that can um, 
you know, criticize in a good way, give, give good feedback, but also wants to uh, check out new stuff, new hot stuff, new technology. And we're highly competitive uh, at One Partner Group. So, so we want to be the best also. Uh, we want to strive for greatness. If you uh, could distill it down, well, what are your top three things that managers and staff think, uh, should absolutely consider when they're thinking about implementing AI? Don't think it, do it <laughs> in some way, you know, uh, try, try out small and, and uh, let it grow big. Find some, uh, some process that takes a lot of time. That's inefficient in some ways and, and focus on, on that drive success from there. There is, I believe always something that triggers us, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the profit or the efficiency or whatever. So if you find those early adapters and those ambassadors, see what triggers them, try to play around with, with, the, with that to uh, get the work done. Don't be afraid. Just go ahead and, and do it. Cause it's a lot of fun. That's an excellent uh, point, Andreas. And I just wanted to around the six, how you measure success. Are there any particular uh, key KPIs or metrics that you might use to monitor the ROI of your AI initiatives and therefore any that you might consider to be more useful than others? We try to um, calculate uh, an ROI before entering a, a major project. I'd say that we, we try out a lot of stuff uh, on a very small scale, but when we want to scale up, we, we definitely need to keep uh, an ROI in mind. So uh, doing that Together with, for example, Globus uh, was a was a great way to do it to see what's being fortunate and, and what's not so fortunate for us right now. We want to get a higher value for candidates and for our uh, colleagues uh, and clients, definitely. But we want to also calculate with the cost what what's the cost of implementing this and integration costs and whatnot, personal costs. We're looking at at a, at a six months trial ish, I guess, but that's not that's not cut in stone. It's you know we we try to look at the at the big picture, what's what's in it for us further down the road, and not so to be so so here and now. What if we use uh, a Globus AI as an example? Like what what were the main ROIs or uh, you know the main implications that you're looking to improve with this kind of an application? Activating candidates, more candidates, uh, definitely, because that's that's what we do. We want people to to feel good about themselves and the work they do. So we want to put more good people on good work. Yeah, and I guess one of the main things is kind of sourcing from your own database. That's uh, one of the main advantages. Absolutely. Of Lastly, where do you see the role of of the AI in staffing the next five years? You know, kind of a crystal ball moment. Looking at it, the, the perspective five years, uh, it's it's shrinking more and more. I, I think things happen in such a rapid pace. So if we say five years today, uh, I guess that's where we'll be in, in two years. <laughs> it really depends on how the business adapts to the new stuff, the new technology and, and the way and how individuals act and react. You know, we... Uh, we tend to use more technology in our private sphere than, than we do professionally. So, you know, um, 
how we how we buy stuff, how we uh, use uh, just what we got in our pocket every day, our, our cell phones, uh, what we use there, what kind of apps we do uh, use, uh, and what we use them for. Uh, you know, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, all these are, are implementing AI in a rapid speed also. I'm going on a, on a little limb here, but I think that maybe if if you're a successful business, uh, you should be able to adapt to the individual, uh, the individuals, how they act today, because they are way ahead of, of many uh, professional businesses today. But where, where we'll be in five years from now, I, I don't really know. In a happy place with lots of... Hopefully. And the development goes faster and faster, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Happy place, happy place. (laughs) (laughs) So, fantastic insight, Andreas. And I just wonder if, before we wrap up, have you any shout-outs, resources, tools, recommendations, perhaps, for anyone wanting to deep dive into AI for staffing? There's a lot of stuff uh, happening. uh, And uh, if if you don't... You know, subscribe to some kind of AI and newsletter in some way. Uh, I think you're uh, you're way behind already. <laughs> Be curious on, on uh, those things. Uh, there's a, a great newsletter called Ben Bytes uh, that I subscribe on, where I get uh, some uh, some news. Um, pretty good. And one thing I picked up from there was uh, those uh, wearables, AI wearables, uh, that was coming up uh, on Paris Fashion Week. Uh, where I think the fashion brand Perny, I guess, had some AI wearables. I don't know what, what it is and what it's going to do for us in the future, but I, I, it caught my interest. So I think I'm going to gonna keep my eye on, on wearables because it's a screenless, non-cell phone uh, connection uh, type of thing. Phil Strasula, he's a great guy to follow on LinkedIn if you don't do that. The Swedish guy, Johannes Sundlu. And if you want to dive into tech AI that's going to do some magic for your operation, I think Globus AI is a good way to go. Uh, they got good stuff going on and, and they're really fun to work with. I think Sana, Sana Labs, the Swedish company Sana Labs, dive into that uh, and get ahead of that. Uh, Hudbot, also a Swedish company that works with uh, recruitment, HR. Some stuff that, that can keep you efficient, I guess. With all the online meetings, I guess Fireflies to transcribe and summarize and take notes of uh, your meeting. That's a good way to go. Also, if you're a recruiter, you can focus on on the person in front of you instead of taking notes. So, mm. actually, started using uh, Fireflies uh, as well. I'm just waiting for Microsoft to kind of catch up because I'm sure this will be very integrated into the the Office suite as well for Microsoft. I think Talent Horizon as well, this uh, awesome podcast that you're listening to. Remember to subscribe and uh, yeah, that can be a good way to keep updated as well. I agree. And Johannes Sedlo that you mentioned, he just came out with a new course also, an online course that might be valuable. It's a great guy to keep track on. I think he's got a lot of good ideas and good stuff that he, he shares. Thank you so much, Andres. I actually, I took notes uh, without using Fireflies, just the, the good old manual way. And uh, some of the things I noted uh, throughout the conversation was that, you know, start out from a company level, map out where you are and where you want to be to create your AI strategy for the candidates. Use uh, tools to keep them more informed, but make sure that your communication is personalized. 
learn and upskill the workforce uh, using things like learning Wednesdays, uh, sharing experience internally and best practices. Make sure to celebrate failures. And I think you also have kind of a developer mindset. So automate repetitive tasks that you keep doing. And uh, I just noted down some of your main tips as well. Don't think, start doing, start small, find a valuable use case and find the right ambassadors uh, in the organizations. And of course, recruiters and managers should keep being curious, curious about customers, candidates, but also technology, which I think was a good, good statement that you made. Did I uh, catch everything? It did very well without Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And of course, uh, don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast as well if you want more insights into uh, AI and technology and staffing and recruitment. Thank you once again. Thank you so much, Andreas, just to endorse uh, everything that Helga has mentioned there. So for listeners, this has been Talent Horizon, once again, helping you navigate the future of staffing one episode at a time. See you next week.